0: You're listening to
1: the Getting Swamped Podcast.
0: Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money.
1: All right, we uh, obviously, uh, you know, a little bit different day, right? February National Sign of Day. Um, I think one high school player today, but I think more importantly, we've added nine Uh, players through the portal since the last time we got together. So you know really proud of the personnel department and in particular uh, the college scouting group. Uh, I thought Bird Sherrill and Chase Clark um, just absolutely crushed it. Uh, Well prepared. uh, A lot of time uh, spent throughout the summer during the season and to be in position to take advantage. I thought You know, the nine players that we've added are all here and uh, have been impressive so far. So we've got 27 new scholarship players that enrolled early, uh, which is really unique. Um, I don't know that I've ever been a part of a situation like that. We also have five new walk-ons, so 32 uh, new players. We're training 105 players right now, which is a big number. Uh, We're right in the middle of the third week of the first phase, and – you know, we start phase two next week. So, um, huge, um, can't say enough how much, uh, I think bird and chase the work they put in the relative to the portal. We talked about, um, the team effort in recruiting, you know, back in December. So it's been good. It's been beneficial. And certainly just a little bit different energy in the building. You know, when you hear that from all parts of the organization, um, it's a lot of fun, but more importantly, when veteran players on your team are talking about uh, what their experience and how things are going well. So it's good to be in the Hebner Center. Uh, the efficiency, uh, just the experience of our players day in, day out. Uh, it's been really good.
0: All right, Billy Napier takes the podium, and it's been a long time since we heard from Billy Napier in a press conference. His National Signing Day wrapped up there a week or so ago. And Billy Napier took to the stage and was immediately drilled about Jaden Rashada questions. And look, I'm, I'm honestly done with the whole Jaden Rashada scenario. At the end of the day, he's going to Arizona state, not Florida. And I'm not trying to beat a dead horse anymore, but Billy Napier did have some interesting things to say about Wisconsin transfer quarterback Graham Mertz.
1: Graham Mertz. Um, you know, I think that we evaluated a lot of quarterbacks, you know, in the portal. Um, we're talking about a guy that started 32 games. You know, he's an experienced player, um, and I do believe uh, he's got unique tools. You know, when you go back to the, all the way to his high school recruitment, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Um, you know, close to six three, a little under six threes, 215 pounds, um, extremely intelligent. Um, had a great conversation with Paul Christ. Um, you know, just all the people there that speak to, spoke on his behalf. Um, you know, I think we're getting an experienced player that's got arm talent that can process uh, and wanted to be at Florida, you know, and uh, he has been fantastic. Um, I think he is uh, proven his work ethic, you know, his um, just observing him hearing other players talk about him, the work that he's done with our staff. Not only uh, strength conditioning, but also every part, the training room, nutrition, film study. Um, he's done a great job so far. Uh, certainly, guy's a very experienced player.
0: All right. A lot of belief there in Graham Burns for Billy Dapier there. And I know a lot of fans weren't excited when he transferred over to Florida. Some were, some were not. I wasn't on that train yet, but... I did do some research on Graham Mertz and found some interesting stats here. Uh, He's passed for 5,394 yards, 6.9 yards per attempt, 38 touchdowns to 26 interceptions, not a good touchdown to interception ratio, but 42 total drops from its receivers at Wisconsin. I like what PFF does here with adjusted completion percentage. So anytime that there's a pass that's an on-time pass, that's an accurate pass to a receiver and it is dropped and hardly ever contested, they adjust the completion rating for that. So basically it's saying, look, the quarterback threw the ball. It was on time. It was on target, and the receiver dropped the ball. Should that really go against your completion rating? It does, technically, and I believe Graham Mertz's actual completion rating of Wisconsin was maybe like 61% or so. But when they adjust the completion rating over at PFF, it comes out to be 69.2%, and that's counting if the receivers caught the football. So that's actually a really good completion percentage. Uh, He's also had nine passes total that have been batted down, and three passes that's been hit as a defender as he's let the football go. Uh, He's been pressured 238 times on 777 attempts. That's 30.6% of the time he was pressured when throwing the football and obviously went through the sacks. He's had 47 sacks and I believe 26 sacks the last year he was there. Uh, His average time to throw, which is what I really like, is 2.73 seconds. Anthony Richardson was a little over three seconds. took him a while to make a decision. Mertz is a quick, decisive decision-maker uh, 2.5 to 2.7, even 2.8 is kind of where you want your quarterbacks to be at when making a decision to throw a football. And I noticed his completion percentage for short passing plays from 0 to 10 yards was like 72%. So that's really good. That just goes to show you that even, you know, a, a quarterback that can make the big play, you know, Anthony Richardson was good at making a big play, but... What about a simple slant? What about a simple five, six-yard pass or something like that? He was, he really struggled with uh, making the short pass plays and uh, finding an open receiver. And, of course, he had accuracy issues too. But, obviously, the NFL sees talent in Anthony Richardson, and uh, he's slated to go first round. So we'll see what happens with that. But just an average time to throw of 2.73 seconds is really good. I believe Stetson Bennett's was like 2.5 or 2.6 But, um, yeah, that's something that I like to see out of a quarterback as a quick, decisive decision-maker. And he also, of course, won the MVP of his Under Armour All-American game in 2019. And he broke an All-American game record in touchdowns, going 7-for-14 for for 188 yards and 5 touchdowns. So, Under Armour All-American game, playing with the best of the best in high school. Of course, college is different, but still something to look at and be like, hmm, maybe, maybe he's not as bad as we think. Now, I think personally, if you were to ask me, you can take a quarterback and put him in a different scenario and they can look completely different. Like, you you take Stetson Bennett off that Georgia Bulldog team and you put him on a team like Missouri or something, he's not going to be that great. <laughs> I and mean, he's just, he's not. He's going to have a worse offensive line, not as good receivers, not as good as talent around him. So I think Graham Mertz at Wisconsin really did not have a great offensive line. He didn't get a lot of help from his receivers there. Not saying that he's going to be great here at the University of Florida or win a Heisman, but I think with a different scenario, a different setup, different offensive linemen, better receivers – he could thrive in the offense, but we'll have to see come in spring practice. But uh, just some interesting notes I wanted to put out there about Graham Mertz when I did some research, and uh, Billy Napier wasn't done talking about some players in his press conference. Here's Billy Napier, uh, Caden Jones, and some of the other offensive linemen in this class.
1: It's probably one of the areas where I think we did the best work. You know, when you think about, um, you know, the traits there, we got some experienced players, but I also think some of the young players that we added have – um, significant height, length, functional movement, um, bright futures. You know, in particular, Damian George has been, you know, essentially a backup for two-and-a-half seasons at a very um, good program. Keontae Goodwin, obviously a h- highly regarded player coming out. Um, I do think that Micah Mazzucca is has uh, been a very productive player in the past. Um, and then, obviously, Caden – You know we had caden in camp so we had an opportunity to you know work with him at six seven and a half you know he's got a 36 arm i mean it's probably the longest arm we've measured since we've been doing it so and really a young man too guy that i think he's got you know he's going to continue to grow so you know big long right some experience um and ultimately a couple of these guys mazuka's three for three uh damian george is three for three Keontae's four for three, um, you know, you've got some players that, you know, not only are ready uh, to contribute but also have a number of years left eligibility-wise. Yes, there was a report out that Cam Waits had a Achilles injury. I don't know if you can confirm that and what his timetable is. Yeah, Cam Waits. Um, very similar to an ACL reconstruction in terms of timeline. So, you know, he'll be kind of getting introduced back into things when we approach training camp.
0: Alright, this is a position I am particularly excited for the most is our offensive line. You know, losing Osiris Torrance the first round in the NFL draft, you knew you had to make up for it. You, you went to the portal, you got some size in the portal, you got some size in just basic high school recruiting. I mean, Zach Goodall posted a tweet of the size of every scholarship offensive tackle that's added in offensive lineman that's been added under Billy Napier. Cameron Waits also obviously torn Achilles, so he'll have to heal from that. So he won't probably won't even play m- most of the season. We'll see. Uh, but look, Cameron Waits, six foot eight, three hundred seventy three pounds. Jordan Herman, six foot eight, three hundred seventy pounds. Keontae Goodwin, six foot eight, three hundred fifty one pounds. Caden Jones, six foot eight, three hundred twenty five pounds. Damian George Jr., six foot six, three hundred thirty nine pounds. Bryce Lovett, six foot five, three hundred thirty six pounds. And David Connor, six foot five, 295 pounds. I mean, that is some size on your offensive line coming in, and it's greatly needed, man. I mean, those running backs you got Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne, along with Trayon Webb coming in, and Cameron Carroll there from two lane running a four four there. I mean, you've got four studs at running back back there, plus. An offensive line that's very robust in size, uh, not a John Hevesy offensive line. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think we're in good hands offensive line-wise going forward in the future. And you hear Billy Napier talk wonders about Caden Jones and his hand size. I, I believe he was commenting he had the largest hands at the Under Armour All-American game, too. Yeah, just, uh, man, I, I know Caden Jones. He is not rated that high. He's rated... 365 in the 24-7 sports composite, but they don't send kids to the Under Armour All-American game if they're not good, so uh, apparently they see a lot of potential in Caden Jones, even though he is rated at 365th nationally. Uh, Just, I'm loving the size here. I mean, you, you go just to the basic high school recruits that we got in this class. You're talking Caden Jones, six foot eight, 329 pounds. Bryce Lovett, six foot five, 330. Nigea Harris, six foot three, 335. And you got Roderick Kearney, the highest-rated offensive lineman in your class at 113. He's six foot four, 300 pounds. Even I mean, these kids just coming out high school are already 300 pounds. Imagine you know with further development and more size put on and just. I I love the size that we're recruiting at offensive line, and I really, really am pumped about the offensive line going forward. And of course, you hit defensive line here in the class as well. One of those other positions we're going to need bodies at too. So Billy Napier, I mean, did phenomenal, I I think, in the transfer portal. Of course, I think there were some guys that he could have gotten that were a little bit better that other schools were able to get, but... When it you boil down to what you really just needed, I mean, you hit it out of the park, man. I mean, you got your running back, you got your experienced safety, you got a couple linebackers, you got you a quarterback, and Billy Napier also alluded to spring portal period and the quarterback situation. would like to have four, maybe even five, scholarship quarterbacks um, with this short and long term. How does that change? Does, is there a sense of urgency to get someone in soon, or what's the plan of attack? Yeah,
1: no, we definitely will be. um, in the market in the spring, you know, there'll be, you know, I think if there's presents an opportunity, there's a player that passes evaluation, we certainly would be in the market for another player there.
0: There you go. Some pretty interesting things said from Billy Napier about the quarterback situation at Florida and possibly taking a spring portal quarterback. And that's pretty interesting because you got to think if Graham Mertz is the projected starter, uh, he's taken reps with the team. He's gotten a lot of experience in the system as far as the spring game goes and spring practice. And then come May, the spring portal period, imagine you take a very experienced quarterback that's done phenomenal at his school and he has a year or two left and you bring him in. Does he start over Graham Mertz? Does Graham Mertz start over him? Uh, that'll be pretty interesting to look at coming down the stretch, but uh, either way, man, I say if a good quarterback is in there, you take him anyway, regardless of whether Mertz is starting or not. But um, Billy Napier alluded to wanting those four to five quarterbacks in that room. So uh I'm pretty sure I would expect Florida to dip into the portal to get a quarterback during the spring portal period. That wasn't it, though. Billy Napier talks about linebackers that he had recruited in this class as well.
1: You know, inside backer in particular, I think we've met our need there. Um, you know, really excited about Taraja. Um, you know, 6'1 and a half. he weighs 240 pounds. This guy was voted team captain at Ohio State. He's a one-year player, but I think with the departure of um, – you know, Ventrell and Bernie and Wingo's injury, you know, I thought that early addition was a big deal, certainly from a leadership standpoint, maturity standpoint. Uh, played in some big games and certainly, um, you know, injured this year or would have had a bigger role at Ohio State. I do think, um, you know, Deuce Spurlock's the guy that we tried to recruit a year ago. Um, we had a really good relationship with him and his family early on in the recruiting process going all the way back to Louisiana. Um, you know, and six-foot-and-a-half, um, you know, 225 pounds, a really athletic player, four years to play. Um, and then Manny Nunnerly obviously was, you know, two years ago was a National Special Teams Player of the Year, 6 one and a half, 225-pound guy who from a testing perspective already one of the more athletic kids on our team. So I think we did ourselves right there uh, to go along with, you know, Jane Robinson, who's here early, weighed 225 pounds this morning. So, um, you know, that group is in good shape. You know, I think on the edge maybe is where um, potentially could add another player.
0: All right, Billy Napier talking about some of the linebackers that he brought in through the portal, and also Jane Robinson in this high school class coming in as well. And, you know, Taraja Mitchell, a guy formerly from Ohio State, the number two linebacker in his class in 2018, he was ranked 44th nationally, which is almost at five stars. He transfers to Florida, one-year guy, of course, as he said, taking over the roles of Vetro Miller and Amari Burney and some of those guys, a Derek Wingo being hurt. Um... We'll add some leadership there from a leadership standpoint for Deraja Mitchell, but just an overall great talent coming to the University of Florida at the linebacker position, a position that we really need to hit. Luckily in the 2024 class, we've uh, hit it out of the park so far at linebacker. Hopefully those kids stay committed. But Billy Napier was not done talking about some of these guys in this class. Here he is on the running backs. Cam Carroll, and just with, how confident are you with the running back group you have going into this year? Yeah, I think it was a
1: perfect piece of the puzzle. You know, big picture wise, you know, obviously with Montrell and Trevor and uh, Treyon being here early, um, three scholarship running backs. We like to live in that five range there as well. So, um, you know, you get a player who has one year of eligibility, potentially two. Um, really, his role was limited at Tulane because of the turf toe. And then, you know, the guys rushed for over 1,000 yards in his career. So six foot, 230 pounds, uh, and a very productive player if you go back and evaluate the tape. So a guy that brings some special teams value as well. Um, so player that we were familiar with, good fit.
0: All right, Billy Napier talking about a Mississippi guy there, Cameron Carroll, transfer from Tulane, six foot, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. He's rushed for one thousand six hundred thirty-seven total yards in his career, averages five point two yards per rush, nineteen total touchdowns. Has only fumbled the ball one time, so some pretty good hands there as well. He's also averaged three point three yards after contact and has rushed forty-four times. For 10 plus yards or more. So pretty good there as well. He's also for 74 missed tackles, and his longest ever run was for 65 yards. He's also a 4'4 runner, too, there, so pretty fast there for a running back as well. But that wasn't it, man. Trey on Webb, another Trinity Christian kid who I think's very underrated, if you were to ask me, was a top 150 player until his ranking kind of tanked for no reason whatsoever, if uh you ever hear the story of him telling a few scouts that he was going to Penn State and he chose Florida instead? It's pretty funny. I, he he did say that on a Twitter space one time. Uh, so that's probably why they tanked his ranking. He probably made him mad. But this guy, I mean, he's not lost any production whatsoever. His sophomore year, he rushed for eight hundred thirty-seven yards. Junior year, eleven hundred ninety-two yards. And his senior year, eleven hundred seventeen yards. He's accounted for a career total of three thousand four hundred eighty-eight yards, averaged seven point five yards per rushing attempt has had 15 games where he's rushed over 100 yards and has accounted for 47 total rushing touchdowns for Trinity Christian Academy. I mean, this guy is, uh, I don't know why he's ranking tanked because he never lost production. He was still in the Under Armour All-American game too. So uh, Florida getting a good one, man. I, I think severely, severely underrated there uh, from the scouts. But overall, my thoughts on the 2023 recruiting class, i when, when I look at it, as far as quality of recruits, Pretty good. I, I, It's better quality than what Dan Mullen was bringing in. Um, I think a lot of these guys, even Tram Webb, said he wouldn't have came to Florida if Dan Mullen was still here. So um, I'm pretty sure that was the case for a lot of the recruits. I, I can't interview them all and ask them, but you look at the quality of recruits, pretty good. You look at 20 commits ranked 13th or 14th, Not where you want to be. Um, It needs to be a lot better. It needs to be in the top five. Georgia's not going away. They're your main rival in the East. They're the ones keeping you from getting to the SEC Championship and National Championship every year. So you're going to have to eventually out-recruit and out-talent those guys down, or at least even up the playing field there between uh florida and georgia there but as far as quality of recruits uh, i saw a statistic saying that we had the sixth ranked average player rating with 92 plus and i've always been a firm believer if 92 plus is good enough to compete with some of the teams in the nation but you really want 93 94 if you can get in that 93 range you're doing pretty good and as far as the 2024 class looks we're at like 96 with four commits but of course you know long time to go in there but Future's looking bright for the 2024 class. Billy Napier's really going to have to hit that class out of the park. Uh, But 2023, I'm not too upset with the transfers that we got, especially in offensive line. Um, I, I, I like the fact that Billy Napier recruited for the trenches, man, because you went in the trenches in the SEC, got a good offensive line, you got a good defensive line. Good defensive line helps out your defense in the backfield. Offensive line obviously helps out your quarterback and running backs, and that's what you really need when you play any anywhere, <laughs> but especially in the SEC, so I can't blame the staff for recruiting at positions of need because I think they did that pretty well. Uh, but the recruiting, as far as talent and and in players, you, you know, you got 20 of them. I would like to have taken 24, and those four have been like some top 150 guys or top 50. Uh, that's where you want to be. You want to be taking some of these five star guys, some of these top 50 guys. You want to see more of them in the class, but. Overall, I can't complain. Uh, 2024 class is looking good so far. Let's hope we can hold on to those commits. And just my overall thoughts, man, on the 2023 class. Now there was a lot of other happenings that happened this week in Florida Gator football and in Florida Gator Nation. We will cover that on the second part of getting swamped coming up. <laughs> Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom fit for your needs. With state-of-the-art paint and epoxy, you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom LEDs as a package as well. Give him a shout out on Twitter at WS Wood Carving. You can also follow him on Twitch and check out his Facebook page at White & Sons Wood Carving. Top-of-the-line signs made from scratch. Lots of people are wondering, what's Gator Collective? It's a team of talented athletes and passionate fans.
1: It's the playbook for our NIL success.
0: To earn compensation for our name, image, and likeness.
1: It's exclusive access to unforgettable moments.
0: This includes autographs, interviews, appearances, and more. It's what connects Gator athletes like me. And me. And me.
1: With you. So what are you waiting for? You are a part of our team when you join the Gator Collective. You do a great
0: job supporting your Gators. This is your chance to show your support off the field.
1: Join Gator Collective today and help Gator Nation be the best place for NIL
0: opportunities. Go to GatorCollective.com today and support the Gators like never before. It's Super Bowl time, folks. The Eagles and the Chiefs. Who do you got? I personally want the Eagles to win just because I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts, but there's one thing that doesn't have to hurt, and that is your wallet when you sign up for prizepicks.com today with promo Code Swamped. Join PrizePicks right now with promo Code Swamped to receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100. PrizePicks is easy to sign up. It's fast. Just plug in your info to the site, sign up with promo Code Swamped, and make a deposit, and you're in the game, folks. That's all you got to do. They have all the sports you could think of, like MMA, soccer, eSports, basketball, baseball, football, tennis, you name it. PrizePix has it all there for you, folks. PrizePix is rated 4.8 stars out of thousands of reviews, with even more millions who have not left reviews either. you got to think about that one, too. So, what are you waiting for? Sign up today for prizepix.com with promo code SWAT and get in the game, folks. It's just that simple. prizepix.com. Daily. Fantasy simplified. Man, oh man, Manscaped has done it again, folks. I tried out their new beard trimmer and I am falling in love with it every single time I use it. The adjustable trimmer is such a game changer for me. Plus, it leaves less clutter in my bathroom with all the multiple shaving guards that haunt the inner cabinets below the sink. You know what I'm talking about. And you could save 20% plus get free shipping on the beard trimmer today when you enter promo code SWAMP20 at Manscaped.com. Save 20% plus get free shipping on any product or lineup from manscaped.com today on your purchase with promo code SWAMP20. Manscaped also has some really, really phenomenal body wash. My wife rants and raves about the smell, and if you have that significant other or want to impress a future significant other, that is the way to go. I'm telling you, if you want them to smell you to your heart, (laughs) get the Manscaped body wash and you will not be upset. Save 20% plus get free shipping today with promo code SWAMP20 at Manscaped and you can thank me later for your future manly needs. Manscaped.com, the ultimate best in men's grooming. You're listening to the Gettin' Swamped podcast with your host, David Soderquist, your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. Alright, a lot of happenings that did happen over the past two weeks in the the news cycle at Florida, and of course, on the second part of getting swamped, I always take your fan comments and questions, and I'm actually going to start it off with the fan comments and questions, considering I just reviewed the press conference that Billy Napier had, and I asked your thoughts Are his first presser that he's had in a while. (laughs) What were your thoughts? Uh, Philip Loki says, loved it. Every time I listen to him, I get excited for our future. Byron Jordan says, handled it well. CJ Black, he seems more confident in the roster this year than last year for sure. Massive O-line, more speedsters at wide receiver, deeper D-line, and promising secondary who can make the man pay. Spring game should be more telling. Yeah, man, I mean... Looking at the transfers, especially offensive line was one of the ones I was really impressed with with the transfers. A couple of D-line guys there, too. Um, I get excited, but I'm also – I I, I want to see it. <laughs> i got to see these guys play first before I really get excited. Uh, a spring game can kind of be telling, but not really. I mean, if you go back and you look at some of the spring games that – Florida's had, I mean, Luke Del Rio looked like he was going to be a quarterback for Florida in the spring game, and then, of course, the actual game started getting played, and uh, he wound up not being really that good, (laughs) so uh, it is interesting to see a spring game, to kind of see the talent that you have, it's, I call it a glorified scrimmage, but at the same time, it's cool to go down and meet fans, and talk to fans, and, and, and just, Kind of like see it live in person as well. Just the, uh, I don't know, just the atmosphere is what I really go down there for these spring games. But I'll be down there. I know it's on a Thursday and a lot of people are uh, shunning at the Thursdays. I don't understand why it's a Thursday again. But at the same time, luckily, the job that I have outside of doing this is uh, gracing me with more PTO time. So I'll be able to go down there. Uh, for the spring game, should be fun down there. And, uh, yeah, as I said, spring games should be more telling, a little bit, but I don't look too far into those spring games, though, either. Uh, Chris, Mr. Chris Bitz, my guy right there, he says, we aren't done in the portal nor taking quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, Billy Napier alluding to taking a quarterback and, and possibly an edge guy there as well in the spring, but I mean, he may even take more than that. I mean, there was a lot of kids that transferred out of Florida uh, this year, so... That'll be interesting to look at coming down the stretch. Uh, Lyrad78 says he seems pleased with the positions they flipped. We'll see how it goes. Yep, I'm in the wait-and-see boat, <laughs> just like every one of y'all. 37 new five stars in a national championship. Anything short of that, Gator fans will be pissed. That was from Macho Camacho. I Actually, I like that name, Macho Camacho. Yeah, <laughs> some Florida fans can be a little outlandish, man, Um I value the opinions, though, uh, whether they're like negative or positive or uh, angry. I always like to gauge the the fans' minds and and kind of uh, see where they're coming from and how they think. Now, of course, there's been some really wild takes out there, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I'll call them out, but usually I just keep to myself and I don't. I, I just kind of just keep scrolling on my Twitter feed, but. Yeah, I, I, I think the recruiting down the stretch needs to get better. And, and it's so far, we—I mean, the 2024 class, we're doing pretty well. Um, should have been a better recruiting class, I think, for 2023. But uh, not necessarily irritated with it. I mean, that's the highest average player rating we've had in a while, so that's an improvement. I just we just got to see more. That's all. But as I said, man, future's looking bright there uh, in the next recruiting cycle. Uh, Lucas the Gator Man says, as someone who loves to follow recruiting, I can't be more excited about the guys we brought in. Losing Jane Rashada sucks, but I wish him well. Uh, 2024 is your next class. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of done with the whole Jane Rashada scenario. At the end of the day, he's not coming. It does kind of suck a little bit, but you never know what you're going to get in the spring portal period. As Billy Napier alluded to, he's going to go after a quarterback in the spring portal period. Uh, So let's hope, man. You never even know. It could be a phenomenal quarterback that's experienced that comes into the portal period. Maybe has a couple of years. Uh, But we'll see with that, man. Um, Just tired of the whole thing. And uh, of course, the 2024 class is shaping up to be a good one and speaking of 2024 recruiting Florida got a commit a few weekends ago by a Darius Hayes an edge guy six foot four 210 pounds ranked 61st nationally and seventh at his position you combine that with Miles Graham who I did interview if you have not checked that interview out I have that posted already as a bonus episode uh Miles Graham coming in from Woodward Academy uh you know Ernest Graham's kid I mean Nationally, He's ranked 30th, which is five-star range, and he's number two at the linebacker position. Uh, you combine that with DJ Lagway, five-star quarterback, Chauncey Bowens, we'll see what happens with him. He got a visit from Kirby Smart. I mean, your class is already ranked 11th nationally, and you only got four commits in it so far. And your average player rating is 96, I believe. Let's look. Yeah, 9604. So that is a one hell of a start for the uh, 2024 class. Right now, the recruiting rankings as far as coaches go, <laughs> Jay Bateman's killing it, man. He's ranked fifth out of all coaches right now in recruiting. Of course, Fran Brown over there at Georgia's number one. Uh, but, man, uh, if we thought Bateman was slacking on the linebacker recruiting, uh, he he made up for it in this 2024 class. Of course, they're going to have to stay and stick in this class, but uh, really good addition there from Adarius Hayes in the 2024 recruiting cycle. And now it is official. Oklahoma and Texas are joining the SEC in 2024. That is going to be an uh, interesting scenario there, how they're going to lay out the schedules for everybody in the SEC. We kind of knew it was coming with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, but now it's it's officially official. So when, if recruiting wasn't important enough, uh, Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC is just going to make it an even tougher schedule to uh, make it to a national championship of course now they're going to expand the playoff here as well there's rumors of that floating around too so uh, you'll get better games I guess Playoff-wise, um, I guess you can afford to lose two games in the SEC and still make it to a playoff if that playoff expands like they're saying it's going to. So, uh, yeah, interesting scenario with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. College football, man, is just changing so fast. I mean, you have NIL, then you have the transfer portal the way it is, then you're having these teams wanting to join different conferences, and <laughs> it's like... I'm an old school guy, you know, I'm used to the old school setup, but at the same time, I mean, the world, the earth and everything else evolves, technology evolves. And of course college football evolves as well. So (laughs) I can't sit here and complain about it. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You're just going to have to adjust and get used to it. And, uh, yeah, man. I, I I'm kind of excited, man. You'll get more good games with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. Uh schedule will get harder though for the University of Florida. And as I said, you're gonna have to recruit lights out now because it's just it's not getting any easier. But speaking of recruiting Florida past the well almost passed a new NIL bill, which will currently allow coaches and schools in Florida to facilitate NIL deals for their athletes, which they can't do right now in the state of Florida with that law being lifted and uh, it going into effect. It it keeps, I I think it's good. I think the coaches and, and, and schools and all that should be able to oversee what goes on because I mean, NIL is crazy. I mean, uh, the the whole thing with Jane Rashada, of course, whatever you want to call it, it other schools have had deals go sour uh, because of NIL. Now you can get coaches, you know, schools, and all this other all these other kind of people to facilitate these NIL deals, so you're not having to worry about something, I guess, of that nature anymore. Now, it has passed the House of Representatives. It's went on to the Senate, and it's 34 to nothing in the, in the Senate, so they voted for it, too. So now it's on Governor Ron DeSantis's desk. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty sure he will sign that, and once he signs that, that bill will officially be in effect so that will really help out florida and a lot of other schools in the big three to uh facilitate those deals and uh oversee them as well so things definitely changing in the college football world for sure man and uh as i said uh that new nil law will really really benefit florida Uh, of course the other schools there too we don't care about florida state or miami or ucf come on now man And uh, especially talking about them, they are actually on our 2024 schedule. We're supposed to be playing all three of them in 2024. Now with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, does that mix that schedule up? (laughs) We'll have to see with that as well. Just a lot of news in Florida Gator World. Sorry, I was on a hiatus there for about a couple of weeks. Uh, I I got really sick and my voice was gone. Like I could not even talk on a podcast. So I had to... uh, I had to wait a little bit. Luckily, I was able to get my voice back. Interview Miles Graham. As I said, if you haven't checked that out, go check that out. It is up on YouTube, it is also up on every uh, podcast platform that there is out there. And luckily, I was able to get my uh, award winning voice back, as a lot of you guys, folks out there, talk about, (laughs) Uh, joke about that on uh, Twitter there. But uh, I want to end the podcast on a more serious note. Really bad news hitting Florida. Caleb Batang passed away uh, earlier this week. And, um, you know, it's a very touchy subject. And I don't like to talk about that kind of stuff on the podcast. But I will say this. If anybody is ever fighting depression or needs help or anything, I mean, talk to people, man. I mean, those people are the best resources for somebody that's battling depression or battling anything in their life. I mean... You need friends in life like you need people to talk to. And um, everybody has their issues. Everybody has their skeletons in their closets. If you, if you want to call it that, of course, we filter those things out. We We don't say a lot of things about them. People make mistakes in their lives. They learn from them. I was a young kid one time, too. I did stupid stuff when I was young. I'm 38 now, a lot more wiser. I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot happen to my friends. A lot of my friends were battling depression, and they're not here anymore because of depression. And um, it's, it's very touchy for me. I, I've experienced a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, growing up, as I said, 38 now, a lot wiser and just, you know, if you're battling any kind of depression, reach out for help. I know it's it's tough reaching out for help. It's tough talking about it sometimes because you don't want to uh, uh, make people think that you're somebody else that you're not. I mean, everybody gets depressed, man. Every Everybody goes through things in life. Everybody can sometimes have a stronger head and get through it. Some people don't have that in their life. And, um, you know, you need friends. You need people to talk to. And uh, always, always reach out, man. Always reach out for anything related to that. And that's just my advice. And uh, it's a battle, man, but you can fight it. You can get through it. Uh, Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on yourself. Don't ever count yourself out, man, because life's too precious to just waste. And uh, that's just my final opinions on that situation. And uh, that'll do it, man. That'll wrap it up for this episode of getting swamped. Of course, Super Bowl. This Sunday I have some Super Bowl festivities I'm about to embark on here shortly as well. So uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, folks. Whether you're cheering for the Chiefs or the Eagles, I personally, like Jalen Hurts, I will cheer for the Eagles. But at the same time, I have no dog in the fight. I could care less who wins. I just love the Super Bowl, the atmosphere, the commercials, and, of course, the The halftime show is always pretty entertaining as well. But, folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swamped.